0: Hey guys, welcome back to adult kids podcast. My name is Mags and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest with me who is going to help us talk about balancing different mediums and keeping our lives balanced at the same time. Because we do have a lot of different pulls in our lives. Like maybe I have a girlfriend or your mom wants you to visit you for Sunday dinner. You have school, you have a full-time job, but you're also a creative individual that, you know, really needs to be creative, because if you don't get those creative outlets, you do experience like burnout. You know what I mean? So today we're going to be speaking with Jeremiah Unpun... (laughs) I just forgot how to pronounce it, but (laughs) we're going to be speaking with my guest, Jeremiah. He's got a very unique last name, and he's going to tell us how to pronounce it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Jeremiah, can you hear me okay?
1: Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, It's um Porphy, if anyone wants to know. That's... (laughs) that's how it is but i get that because it is complicated to say so it's all good
0: i think it's time that you adopted a stage name
1: (laughs) Uh, i actually did have a stage name like the first i think the third time i did step and then somebody told me that it's actually good to have a name because then people remember you more so then i was like oh that actually makes sense so that's why I keep keep my name. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I don't mind it at all. I just like the I also like the idea of a stage name too, because like anytime I realize somebody has a stage name, like for example, like Marilyn Monroe, and you're like, oh, you know, her name is really Norma G. And you're like, wait, you can have a stage name? I think when I was younger and I first found that, I was like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's I like didn't a... know that. I didn't know that Marilyn Monroe had a stage name.
0: We were learning every day, yeah, Jeremiah, cool. every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so, Jeremiah, tell my audience and your new audience, I'm sure. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself. You know, where are you from? What kind of like circumstances have you had to go through to get to where you are with your art today?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm from Vancouver originally just to the very start, born and raised a little bit outside of Vancouver, BC, if anyone's familiar with Canada, uh, like a town called Langley, BC, which is about an hour out, uh, which is an interesting small town. So not really a small town, but more of a mid-sized city where not a lot happens. So that's where I started growing up. Uh, But in terms of, you know, how I got into art, I kind of started writing at a really young age, probably like eight or nine years old, but then I didn't really continue with it i would have these short bursts of doing it and then i would drop it uh but it took me a while to start to get there oh no i actually want to do this so i started when i was probably twenty nineteen. 19 that's when i actually sat down and started really doing it of the daily work um but yeah uh, so i'm from there and stand-up comedy was a little different i started at like 22 and langley where I'm from doesn't have any standup comedy. I think it has like maybe once a month. So it's, I kind of had to be in Vancouver to be where it's at for the standup comedy. Uh, but the way that I got here now with a lot of just sitting down and grinding and the thing with writing and standup is it's, they're both things that you just have to consistently do it. And then, and then it's just like, it's very daily day in day out grind. It's not this exciting, huge ups and downs. It's very much a steady, you know, Sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down, but uh, it's just been a really long journey of about five, six years now, uh, and it's been good. Uh, and then I moved to Toronto, to Toronto, It's just in Canada. I'm sure you, you guys know where Toronto is. I don't know why I'm asking, like, <laughs> but it's just Toronto, Canada. It's kind of a bigger city, kind of the main mm-hmm. hub of stand-up comedy, of entertainment in Canada. So that's where I'm at. Now, I just moved because I wanted to take a stab at being at a bigger and better place. And uh, it's, been, it's been so far.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you've really been on the grind out there. And it's cool that you're talking about like when you started writing as, as young as like a young kid, like when you were writing stories and stuff, did you write them for your parents, like for an audience or you were writing just like private tales for yourself?
1: Uh, it was, I think the first thing that I remember writing, that was just me being creative. I think I must've been six or seven and, uh, it was a Captain Underpants fan fiction. If you know, you probably know about (laughs) Captain Underpants. (laughs) No, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just, that was just kind of for fun, just to be creative. And it it was about, (laughs) I think, like there was like ducks and it was like a factory with P I don't know why that was weird but <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first thing that I did
0: I mean uh, Captain Underpants was definitely on par with that yeah it was really weird so I'm
1: surprised <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly it fit the theme, but it was kind of weird still so I think I took it a bit too far but uh after that like it would be occasionally just creative writing in school which I really enjoyed uh, so then it was I just felt something when I was in grade four like oh when we do creative writing assignments it was probably the one thing in school at a PE that I really enjoyed so sometimes it was forced in school and then sometimes it would be just me being creative just for fun so it was a cycle of school for fun not really for anybody just just to do it um, I think when I was in grade eight I like tried to write a book which was I think I got maybe. Five thousand words in three different books, like three different. I couldn't finish it. Like I just didn't. have Dang, that's
0: I didn't a lot really of writing. Sit down a book. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Maybe. I mean, I think I could have done a lot better, though. Yeah, not really. I just like I just didn't even know. I didn't even write a plot or anything. I just kind of it. Yeah. So yeah.
0: How old are you now, Jeremiah?
1: I'm 26 now. Yeah.
0: Oh wow! Just turned so-
1: 26 in June.
0: Oh, congratulations. Happy birthday. But yeah, that's crazy. So for those of you that don't know, Jeremiah actually has his own book. It's a sci-fi fiction. It's called Hive. It's really, really good, too. It's really interesting. It's kind of, I think, when you think of like a bar you've never, like a dive bar you want to go to, but you've never heard of. It's called A Hole in the Wall. And then, you know, when you see or find a movie or a piece of art or an artist that you've never heard of, but they're like phenomenal, it's called like a hidden gem. And I feel like Hive is a hidden gem of like sci-fi, book, especially since you're a black artist, (laughs) too. No, no, no. You're a black artist, too. I mean, it's like kind of like that, like Jordan Peele, like he can really just like take suspense, tear it apart. Put it back together and really like give you something that you really want to like just enjoy. And I feel like you like you're running with that. You're like, look, there's like this encouragement almost because you get to see someone, you know, I mean, they may not be an influencer for you, but even if they are, I mean, like subconsciously, it just makes you feel like I've got to hit it with the weird. Like, because that's what sci-fi is to me. Like I got to hit it with the weird. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because sci-fi and fantasy is in this weird place where there's actually not that many big, you know, sci-fi and fantasy artists that are black, you know, uh, or writers that are black. Like it's usually if you look at the biggest, the household names, you know, Mm -hmm. I think that's going to change soon. I do think that's going to change, but it's like all the big temple stuff. So, yeah, like, yeah. if you
0: haven't seen I'm a Virgo or Swarm yet, like, <laughs> you have to check them out, especially if you love sci-fi. Like, they're so good. And it's so cool, because I feel like, I don't know if if it would be appropriate to say it, but I feel like because of, like... um Like, maybe, like, just, like, the cultural background of, like, you know, like, for example, like, Haitians and Cajun people have, like, voodoo and things like that. I feel like there's a lot more interesting superstition than, like, American Black culture and history. And I think that's really shining through in sci-fi right now. It's like, oh, look at all of this, like, folklore that could have been here, could have been there, could have been here. And, like, it's so hard to keep a record of because it was, you know, we... Kind of just didn't matter, you know, for a little while, but it's hard to keep record of, but that's, you know, Mm it's okay. It's like coming out of the woodwork right now today and present day. It's beautiful, you know? Yeah. So I think a lot of people always want like to know, I know it's something that I want to know when I see like creators and influencers is how do you fund your hobby? Like, how do you take care of like traveling and, or like, getting published. Actually, I don't, I think publishing is totally affordable these days, but, but like, you know, traveling to another city, a lot of people can't do that right now. So I know that you said you worked last time we spoke about like scheduling and stuff. So like, what kind of things do you do? Uh,
1: yeah, it's definitely, it's just, for me, it's more about trying to build my life around the things that I really want to do, which is, you know, writing and stand-up. So for me, uh, for it's just like having a remote job is a thing that helped me a lot because it's i can be in another city and still work that day it's just you know it's really just about being able to also make sacrifices and saying no to things that might have been good but it's like no because of this lifestyle of i'm doing writing and stand up i have to say no to these things so for example uh one thing would be just finding the time is like oh I wanted to maybe possibly go back to school but then it's I thought about it it's like okay two years of my life if I was to go back to school full time that would take so much from writing and stand up and building my business and be like just being creative and it's like a no because I got one shot at life so that's a part of it is being able to say no and and just um building a life around like I also got a job where I'm able to write at work occasionally like just a part-time thing uh and that's also a thing of like oh okay so it's just you know finding the time and sliding it in uh and then in terms of traveling for stand-up uh usually i just get somebody with a car and then it's just you know (laughs) pair up with them and try to figure out you know you just you really just got to figure out how to do it whatever your thing is you there's ways to do it independently uh which is tough but it's doable so
0: Cool. I'm glad you brought up like a form of collaboration outside of creating like a sum of all parts for an art piece or a project. You can also like carpool with each other. Like, hey, I heard you're going to play at this show. I'm going to be next after you. Can I roll? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. good. Yeah. Um. So what like what part I think I wanted to know more about was like what got you to the point where you said to yourself, OK, I'm interested in two mediums and I'm going to do both. Like, I'm going to take it on and I'm going to do both. Cause some people, you know, like when they first start, it's like discouraging when one medium doesn't pan the way you want it to. So then like to go into a second medium is like very courageous, you know, to me, like it's like kind of brave to be like, you know, this medium is, it's got a little bit of momentum. It doesn't have the momentum I want yet, but I'm going to go ahead and start a second medium medium anyway. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I think
1: it's, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's courageous. That's the word I would use, but just for I, me. I like, think it so, because really, like when you take
0: risk, you know, it's kind of like being brave to take a risk, you know?
1: Yeah, sure. I can, I can see that perspective for sure. Um, I think it was just, I, with both stand up and writing, at the time when I started, it was just interest in trying this thing. And then I went out and did it and and just ended up kind of falling in love. So for me, it was I stumbled into Mm -hmm. it. But my advice would be if you're just thinking about trying out a second medium, um, just really try it and lean in. And just even if you do it for a year or even if you do it a few times and don't like it, be okay with that, because I do think it's a bigger regret of not trying it than Uh, trying it and then not really panning out. But of course, you know, like you mentioned, of course, one can kind of go like this for a little (laughs) bit and then one can be working out. Then, you know, that's okay too because I don't think both are always going to just be like constantly on the same trajectory. And um, it is one thing that's good about two industries is you can use lessons from one industry and then pair it with your second industry. So... For example, with me, with writing, doing stand-up, I was able to add a lot of humor to my books that I don't think I would have been able to have if I wasn't doing stand-up. And then through stand-up comedy, I see comedians. I learned a lot about marketing and sales from successful comedians, which is stuff that I would add to my book. Like For example, I just see that a lot of comedians who build an audience, they build a niche. They really know an audience and they build a niche audience. So then I think with my books, okay who's my niche. And that's the thing that really helps with both of those is just different mediums will help you pair with the other one. So, yeah.
0: One of my best friends would say, you've got to find your weirdos. (laughs) You have to find your own weirdos. Yeah,
2: it's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's definitely what it is. Yeah. It's definitely finding like some, some strangers among strangers that can become friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One of the things that you learn in, because I, I work in media a little bit, and one of the things is always like, oh, you have to know your audience. Like, you can't sell them, you have to, you're right, like, find your weirdos, find that little specific group, and then just really try to hit them hard. And it, it works, it helps a lot. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And then I think, I think also, I mean, doing comedy after writing is kind of, like it i don't know if it's like i feel like it's inherently a good move because they're interconnected obviously but also because you're good to expose yourself to people writing is very like isolated can be isolated i mean they have think tanks and stuff like that now but like it can be kind of isolated sometimes you need to isolate to focus some people are like that i don't know but um you know like need to just like close off but with comedy you get to branch out talk to people, face-to-face interactions. You know, like if you're nervous about networking or something like that, you could just put yourself out there and you might learn more about the medium you're already working in. So I think that's really cool that you also brought up that fact and that little connection there. But uh, moving on, what are some of your biggest influences? You can talk about comedy or sci-fi or anybody that matches both.
1: Or Yeah, uh, (laughs) I think... uh I could just start with writing. I think for me, definitely George R. R. Martin. You know the Game of Thrones books. Those are that's probably my biggest inspiration, just because of the complexity of the character and <laughs> you know how big the world is. That's just something I love. Uh, George Lucas too uh, is another yeah. <laughs> person, just because of also I love huge, expansive. Worlds, and yeah, you know, I just that's just what I'm and it's of course a classic. Uh, another one I like too would probably be what's well, something that's like lesser known. Um, oh, this is like super popular, but I love uh, the Stranger Things show, like, I love that show. So, the Duffer, Brothers, oh, yeah. uh, they're the writers for that, show. yeah, great show. I love uh, how it's like had you know the different ages, and it had oh, it was uh, really good at genre hopping. So it'd be like it'd feel like oh this is like a teen story, also like an adult story, and I really want to bring more of that kind of things of having vastly different tones that kind of mesh in, uh, and that's kind of what this series is. The Arcane Volume is my books is gonna be. It's gonna start off with sci-fi and then move on to fantasy and other things. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Uh, in terms of stand-up comedy, I'm more influenced by the way that a lot of stand-up comedians would market themselves or so like bert kreischer is he's a pretty big comedian um and one thing he would do is he kind of markets to kind of midwest uh blue collar audience but he mm-hmm. really markets to that audience really well and he you know he kind of he's does this thing where he takes his shirt off every show which makes him unique like he always performed with his shirt off mm-hmm. uh so i just love seeing someone like that and he's watching him me a lot of ideas of you have to be and really sell yeah
0: very cool yeah i love love a lot of those guys especially george lucas i think i think star wars is like one of the most imaginative innovative stories i've ever heard besides like you know going way back into like shakespeare and homer's odyssey just like these really original tales that you wouldn't it's not like a, a knockoff of like a fairy tale. It's not in a rendition yeah. of anything. It's like its own unique, very creative story. And it's very big. And it's just like this guy was just like spewing creativity. He's like all over the place. Just like this and yeah. that. And well, this, it's a cool. Like, like, yeah.
1: Is it like there's so many people who have kind of taken the baton too? and you know made tv shows books comic books of like yeah. so many people who have been able to take the own spin in this world like video games too and so many different mediums and just like there's probably like card games too and it's just this huge sandbox that so many people which are fans of it get to play in which is also the yeah. unique about star wars the story is there's like 50 different stories within it so <laughs>
2: Totally
1: yeah, like, world. I feel like if like aliens came down and like humans, are, yeah, if when humans are <laughs> Star Wars is going to be? like this like there's <laughs> So much lore and everything. So it's really
0: cool. Really cool. I was going to say something like, um, I feel like Star Wars is like, like you know how like some you know they created DC Comics with Batman and and Superman and and then that just like took storm. You know, Star yeah. Wars is like the same thing. It's like it's like they're the, yeah, we have exactly. the iconic we have the yeah. iconic comic book hero, and that's a character. That's like a fundamental part of a story now. You know what I mean? And I feel like one day it's going to be like the fundamental sci-fi character. It's a specific type of Star Wars hero. <laughs> like, like, he definitely just created something so, yeah, like, unique, you know? Yeah. Um, But, <laughs> so, for all the people living in Toronto or in Canada in general, since I know you do perform in other cities, where and when can we find you? Do you have like a consistent schedule for stand-up or an open mic you like to go to?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would just say the best thing to do would go to my website, uh, www.jeremiahu.com, and subscribe to my email list, which is there'll be a pop-up that'll be like mentioned that you can get a free preview of my book if you subscribe to my email list. So that's where I send out where I'll be going next for in terms of touring. Uh. So yeah, and you get a free preview of my book too. So, you know, for the first chapter, I think it's free. So that's kind of where, uh, in terms of open mics, uh, you don't want to come to those. I won't let people <laughs> do that, because that's where you work out your material. Oh, is that like a practice
0: thing? I didn't out. know.
1: But when I'm touring that sort because uh, yeah. like open mics is kind of, it's just where people try out the new jokes. And then uh, real shows are you... Because you don't know what works and you try it out on stage. (laughs) So that's kind of how Stan works. And then it might not work, but if it does, you keep it, put it in your act. And then, you know, you just keep going out. But definitely if I am out during, I'll send that out on the email list. So join the email list if you're interested.
0: That's right. You heard him. So only go to the ones that are scheduled. So, Mike, can you tell us a little bit about, like, your comedy style? Like, I know some people have, like, because I know that slapstick comedy is a thing that I, I am not a comedy expert by any means. <laughs> this is your platform to be the comedy expert at this time. But what kind of comedy style do you particularly have? And what can, like, what do you want to show us?
1: Uh, I, I would say that my comedy style is pretty dark it's dark enough that it's offended some people so <laughs> that's but it's not necessarily mean it's very dark a lot of long stories a lot of long bits um kind of just speaking my truth and my real opinions about taboo topics and just things that i find funny so It's not really family friendly of, oh, let's bring the whole everyone, your mom and your grandparents (laughs) and your kids will love it. No, it's a very specific group of people who love it. Uh, I've had audiences that were not happy and I've had shows that like when I would get bad reviews just in terms of. The people weren't happy with the content, but I've also had people say, Hey, you were really hilarious, and I love how you talk about stuff that you're not supposed to talk about. So that's (laughs) what I dive into a lot of the time, just because not because I'm trying to be edgy, just because I find it funny. So yeah, (laughs) that's my style.
0: Gotcha. Very cool. And then we're going to go ahead and like show you guys a clip, a little bit of uh, Jeremiah stand up now. (laughs) I'm perfect.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm upset because I don't have the things my parents had at my age. Like I'm 25 and I'm thinking, okay, where's my bastard son, you know? (laughs) Where's my failing marriage, you know what I mean? Like, I shouldn't be doing stand-up right now, I should have a toddler and I should be like, Hey, I wish I tried stand-up! Like, that's what I should be like.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, you want to ride to school? You can take the bus to the hospital. Okay, shut <laughs> up. Um, I don't like it when people say weird shit to me. Like, I, this one guy, he said straight women don't have hobbies. That's not true straight women love dancing at gay clubs and killing the vibe for everybody, okay? (laughs) They're just like, we're just here because we hate getting hit on and everyone inside is like, yeah, we hate you, okay? I uh, I actually get hit on at gay clubs because like, obvious, right? Like, a lot of comedians are like, I look like a burnt potato chip, Well, I look like your girlfriend stares at me. Okay, that's just... <laughs> you know, it upsets me that straight men are like the only group of people who aren't encouraged to be confident. Because you never see a straight guy do something and someone in the back be like, yes, go, bitch, go. Like, <laughs> It's not fair. Straight guys want to feel sexy, too. Why the fuck do you think they go out Friday night in their best Simpsons t-shirt, all okay. <laughs> Budweiser dress pants, okay? That's what uh, <laughs> we Fruit Loops wristwatch, okay? That's,
2: really,
1: that's my vibe. But like, I, uh, there's a saying that you can count the amount of real friends you have on one hand. And I can do that if like the hands amputated. Okay, that's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm in show business, okay? So my friends are like a robot hand, okay? They're shiny and they're fake. Okay, that's like, <laughs> cool. I, uh, I was the other, th- like last year, I, was, uh, I went to a Halloween party and I was with my friend and his wife and his wife was like, she was really annoying cause she was the, co- she, she, her and her friends came at me for cultural appropriation about my costume. And they're the type of people who don't stop talking about diversity. So it was a very diverse group of white women. And they... (laughs) They came at me! And it was this chick's first day being woke. Okay, her first day, because she couldn't do it right. Because she came up to me, she was like, you can't have that First Nations accessory. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she was like, you're drinking alcohol. I was like, that's woke! (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was fucked up, right? And like, what happened is like, the thing is, what happened there is like, Uh, that was a made up story because I came up with a joke that I thought was funny, but I wanted to soften it off. (laughs) So, that's what happened there. Um, but yeah, we were driving, and we are listening to this podcast, it was like the discipline podcast. Like, reject the things of this modern world. Everything you do, double the effort. And that that was the message. So we're going in the forest, and we're clearly lost because we've been stripping the same fucking tree for five hours. And I'm the type of person who can walk in the forest to be quiet and they're talking because they're the kind of people who don't have autism so it was like, okay, whatever.
2: <laughs> uh, uh,
1: but we're clearly lost. And this lady, she asked me, she's like, what time is it? And I was like, let me check my watch. Fruit Loops! Uh, that's what <laughs> and then you know, through so a loss, and it's like, I learned that everything you do Double it up, so it's like okay. How do we get out of this forest? I gotta double the effort of what, whatever I'm doing. Okay, five more grams of shrooms. Let's go. Ah, like, that's what and I'm there, and like I do have like drug problems. Like I did have. I went to Sex Addicts Anonymous for it. And uh, here's how I knew I had a problem. It's, so I did. Okay, here's how I knew I had a problem. Is because like I was sitting in the meeting, and the guy across from me, he was like, you know, you should be coming to more meetings. And I, my first real thought was like, yeah, I'd be here if there were more bitches. Like that was like.
2: I was just, like
1: was a And the guy next to me was like, he was gonna get his one month chip away from like, compulsive sexual behavior. And then he was like, oh I can't get it because I've been a naughty boy. And I was like, I feel like you're relapsing right now. Like, this is like,
2: like...
1: weird. Anyway. Uh, so what's your, what's your fetish thing? I don't know. I don't know. I know, okay. I just I always do proud work based off of, oh wait, so I can tell I didn't that, like,
0: oh so sorry. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jeremiah, where can people meet you? Like do you do like any type of like I don't know, like readings for your book or do you like meet up at like conferences or anything like that? Do you do stuff like that?
1: Uh, I'm looking I don't currently really do that. It's definitely something I'm really looking into more, especially when my second book comes out, which will be in the spring of next year. So if everyone's interested, but it would definitely be more of a Toronto based stuff. So again, email list, <laughs> join yeah. in if you want to hear it. Uh, but I don't have enough of a fan base to do a big meetup yet. I mean, it, I could, if everyone's down to playing in, <laughs> like in because I have people in the, U- I have the, some people in the UK who are like, fans, <laughs> have you- people in the US, so yeah.
0: Have you ever seen that movie, Yes, Man, with Jim Carrey?
1: No, but I've heard of it.
0: There's like a part. So De Chanel's character is like a musician, I think. I don't remember what she's doing. I don't know if it was like a hobby or if she, that was her job. But like there's a part where he goes to her show or whatever. And there's like nobody at the show. There's like maybe five people there. And when she comes up on the mic, she's like, hello, Anthony, Jeremy, Mike. So, yeah, let's get this started, party started. Yeah. So, I, I don't care. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think that, like, no matter how small your fan base is, they still want to see you.
1: Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, I definitely think it's funny because people would, like, if aspiring artists would be surprised at how supportive people actually will be if you know you try to reach out, if you have a Patreon, or there's even this thing that's uh, called Buy Me a Coffee, which is just, hey, five bucks give people a little gift. And people are willing to support independent artists. So if you're an independent artist out there, you know, just try it, see what happens.
0: Definitely cool. Good words of encouragement. And before we sign off or anything like that, I guess the, the hardest question is how do you handle your critics? So I'm sure you get heckled because heckling sounds fun. I've always wanted to heckle, but I'm too like nervous. Like I, like I would get, I would get like roasted so quick, but Okay. It sounds fun, like a fun thing to do. Do you yourself heckle? No,
1: I'll say, I'll to say there's def- definitely two kinds of critics. So there's heckling and there's also criticism that I've gotten from like actual reviewers when I would do, uh, I do these fringe festivals, which is pretty much, uh, you know, you can do, co- it's pretty much a festival where there's a bunch of artists. So there'll be plays, mm-hmm. kind of comedy, stuff like that. So in terms of hecklers, usually I just have something clever that I say back based off of what they said because usually <laughs> they said something really stupid. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've never seen a heckler like it was shout out the fucking pie formula or something <laughs> like I've never <laughs> something's really stupid <laughs> something I can just heck, beat them on that and then. Like, I think, uh, yeah, so it's just, you know, kind of feed off their energy. But don't be too mean right away, because the audience is already on my side. So then they kind of know that, okay, whatever (laughs) I say, I kind of shut them down. Usually it'll be funny, and then usually they'll stop, because you don't want to get continuously roasted. Uh, But in terms of other critics, you know, with stand-up comedy, is it's just kind of taking it and understanding their perspective. Because I think this year... I did a fringe festival in Ottawa, which is just about an hour outside or a couple hours outside of Toronto. And the critic, he he thought my show was okay. I think he had a, he didn't like how dark it got and the audience (laughs) didn't like how dark it got either. And I kind of mentioned that (laughs) he mentioned that it was like, oh, he made people pretty uncomfortable, which is, it wasn't a comedy club audience. It was an older audience, not usually. So that was fine. Which is fine, you know, but it was it was just funny to see like, okay, this isn't a he didn't like it, but it's there's a bit of an emotional whiplash because it's like oh, not everybody likes me, fuck, but it's (laughs) that's okay, you know, like that's fine, Uh, and it's just comes down to like being okay with their perspective. But I remember uh, there was like a comment section under like on the website. And I commented and I was like, oh, this, this show was super funny and it's not Jeremiah writing this. This isn't a marketing tactic. Here's the ticket link. So I put that under <laughs> the guy's review. So anyone's reading the review, they'd see that. So,
0: <laughs> you have to have no shame to be in yeah, this exactly. game.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So sometimes it's just like, you just got to take it. And then what yeah. book reviews do is I've accepted that the book reviews that I get um, when people are mentioning flaws in the book and things that they liked with consistently, with consistency, I just look at it and I can say, oh, like I can see why people say that. And it actually helps your art. Mm-hmm. Taking criticism is actually one of the best things that can happen to any artist because when you hear something consistently, you probably do have that flaw in your art. And then it, with the next one, it's like, okay, let me fix this thing. And it just makes you a much better artist. It makes you churn out better products. So getting criticized is actually sometimes one of the best things that can happen for you as a person and for you as your art. So it doesn't really phase me too much unless it's like absolutely brutal, which I haven't yeah, gotten that's yet, so, Yeah, that's good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I think there can be like, I, I hear that there are different types of criticism. Like, oh, it's constructive criticism. And I just, it's like, no, it's all criticism because you can yeah. turn it into constructive criticism criticism like it's kind of like just like um having like a reaction in general like right. nothing's actually happening until you react to it so yeah. you know like get in a car accident you have like a mental breakdown i mean that reaction creates this event that is just like detrimental to like your well-being and like your lifestyle but if you have like a reactionary like uh not reactionary but if you have like a reaction it's more like holy crap, are we safe? Like, what just happened? You know, you might be able to, like, intake more information and have, like, a better time with your claim. But, like, yeah, it's really true. It's, like, how you react to stuff is definitely, like, defines a lot of things. And, and like, you stop yourself from making better art if you're not going to let anybody criticize you, right?
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah. Yeah. But that is my last question for you, Jeremiah. Thank you so much for coming onto my show. And sharing all of your wisdom with all these people that could be younger than you or people that are older than you, because they might be nervous. You know, like I think one of the things that held my mom back from like doing music was that she was just kind of like nervous of like, um, like anxious about rejection. Right. And I was like, but I mean, you can be rejected by one and accepted by one. So like, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know.
1: It, I mean, it is scary. Artists, I think artists tend to be a little bit more on the sensitive side. Probably more than like investment bankers, you
2: know, artists (laughs) artists are like putting
1: their souls into whatever it is. And it feels like, I think maybe when you get rejected or when somebody doesn't like your stuff, it feels like it's a rejection of you as a person or something like that. And it's like, that's, that's kind of maybe the mentality that some people have and i can understand that because it's it's hard you know making something working hard
0: thank you so much for being on the show jeremiah and to everyone out there you can catch jeremiah at www.jeremiahu.com and we will edit that in to drop right here on the screen for you and then you can also follow jeremiah on instagram all of my guests typically have an instagram profile and if you forget or you don't have a chance to watch the podcast. You can go ahead and follow me on Instagram. All of my followers are my guests. So, as much as I'd love to follow you back on that account, I'm trying to keep track of all my guest accounts specifically for the people that need to get in touch with them. So, if you want me to in like, you know, integrate with you, I have my own personal Instagram on my Adult Kids Podcast Instagram. So, again, you can catch me at Adult Kids Podcast on Instagram. We'll also put that on the screen. And then, Jeremiah, what was your handle?
1: Uh, it would be uh, Jeremiah and then P-O-N-R-E-F-E.
0: Okay, cool. So we're going to go ahead and get all that edited in for us. Yeah. And then uh, thank you so much for tuning in to again to another episode of Adult Kids Podcast. Uh, my next episode will be a little bit about more creative planning, and it will be about sketchnoting with Ashton. And it will be really fun. She's another Canadian guest and, um, you know, neighbors up north so (laughs) you gotta you know respect the hustle so thank you so much again and until next time guys
2: bye